Hey there, welcome to the What Connects podcast where we explore human connection with people in the province. Today we're sitting down with 13-year-old philanthropist Catherine Okalita to learn about how she has found success in fundraising and why she's so passionate about building community. Let's do it. All right, we've got a fun one for you today as we're talking to Catherine Okalita, who has raised over $150,000 for a number of different charities, causes, and organizations across the province. And get this, she's only 13 years old. Hailing from Fort Capel, Catherine is setting a new standard for kindness and generosity and she doesn't even have her learner's license yet. Catherine founded Catherine's Cause, a community initiative sparked by an idea to clean up a park when she was just five years old. And over the next eight years, Catherine has made a meaningful difference for people in need all across the province, ranging from babies fighting for their lives in Regina's neonatal intensive care unit to seniors spending time alone at Christmas in her local community. Catherine is going to chat with us about what drives her to make a difference, the different initiatives she started to help others, and how she's been able to inspire others to help out along the way. This is a story that is going to inspire you to do good and remind us that no matter what age we are, we can make a difference. So let's waste no more time and get to Catherine before she starts high school. What connections to Catherine? Let's find out. Catherine Okalita, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking some time out of your summer holidays. I know as a kid, you have so many different plans for what you're going to accomplish each summer. What do you have planned? Uh, I think we got some camping this year, some swimming lessons, but not too much though. I hear after this, you're, you're doing chicken chores. Yes, I am. We're going to go learn how to do some chicken chores and go swimming maybe. Oh, wow. That sounds like a dream right there. So... We are recording this podcast in Fort Capel, which is close to my old neck of the woods, which is which is fun. It feels like I'm home. But part of the reason it feels like home is because I was chatting to Verna, who is a financial advisor here in the Fort Capel branch. And she said, oh, I know Catherine. I, I love her. I teach her skating. Yes. How do you have time for skating on top of all this philanthropy work? Um, well, other than like Catherine's cause and all the awesome fundraising and stuff that goes on and everything, I do have lots of other activities that I like to do. I love figure skating. I am like, I love being active. I do a whole bunch of different sports. I'm on a competitive girls softball team, um, which is going on right now. And I also play piano. Mm. And I love reading. I love all books I can get my hands on, but I love historical fiction Um, I love writing. I write all different kinds of things. I love poetry. I like writing stories and every kind, like all different kinds of things. So do you sleep Catherine? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And we're not even getting into like the tip of the iceberg about what other different things you do for the community. Um, But let's jump into it. So on top of what you just uh, explained to me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, Give me a quick introduction on who Catherine Okalita is so that we can better understand your story. So I'm Catherine Okalita. I run and I founded Catherine's Cause when I was five years old. Um, other than doing Catherine's Cause, I have lots of other activities and things I like to do, which I mentioned to you. Yeah. Um, and usually I love to stay active. I love school. I absolutely love school. Yeah. And 13 years old, right? Yes, I'm I, 13. There's going to be many times during this interview that I'm going to stop to pinch myself and ask anybody in the audience to pinch themselves that you are 13 years old and you are doing such amazing work in the province here. So let's just jump into that. I read that you, your spark to bettering your community began at five when visiting your local park. Tell me how cleaning up your local park got the ball rolling and began your passion for making a difference in your community. 
So I cleaned up the park because it was really messy and we were there, me and my mom. And my mom's like, we're not going back there till somebody cleans up the park. And that night when she was tucking me into bed, I was like, mama, I'm somebody. And she's like, yeah, you're somebody. And I was like, no, I'm somebody. I can clean up the park. Oh, so wow. The next day we put out a post and lots of people were like, yeah, we'll come help clean up the park. So we clean up the park and that's kind of just went from there. And I just wanted to keep helping the community and make it better. So what sparked you at five years old to say that? Do you remember that when you were lying in bed saying, I'd like to make a difference here? Sort of, but that was <laughs> kind of a long time ago. So it's not super fresh in my memory. Totally. Um, so what came next? How did the cleanup at the park go from a one-time thing to a community building initiative complete with a Facebook page that has over 2000 followers? I think it's mostly I just wanted to help make the world a better place and share kindness and everything. And it just kind of grew and grew. And I was like, wow, like this is something I love to do. So, so you clean up the park. You're, you're, you're feeling that, okay, that was fun. I feel really good about doing that. Where did you feel like, okay, I'm going to make a Facebook group out of this? You know, I'm not really sure 100% because like I said, it's quite a while ago, but I think I just wanted to share my ideas and I wanted to share kindness. And so I think that kind of sparked that idea to do that. Oh, that's awesome. So by seven years old, you had raised thousands of dollars and much needed supplies for organizations such as Fort Quipel Cancer Support Group, Souls Harbor, Fort Quipel Public Library, the Humane Society, the Friends of the Motherwell Homestead, who I also used to work for. So thank you for that. Um, and so many, so much more. Raising money is hard. How were you able to find success and raise thousands of dollars for these, for these amazing charities and organizations? I think it's just that I wanted to do it. And when I shared my ideas, other people were like, yes, we want to help. And some people don't really know how to like, just like take the lead and like go ahead and do stuff. So if there's someone proposing an idea, they're like, yes, we can help in some ways too. So I think that's how that happened. So what advice would you give to somebody about taking the lead? Like where did you draw that, that passion for, for wanting to take the lead to help the community? I think it's just if you want to do something enough, then you can just go ahead and you can ask for help and people usually find a way to give you a hand. And so, yeah, it's so true. Asking for help is such an intimidating thing to do. But so many people are wanting to help, especially if it's bettering the community. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. So what kind of things were you doing to raise money and to donate the supplies? How are you how are you generating this money? So, um, you, some of the money I had loaned a little, <laughs> some loans, but um, I also had Catherine's cart and a third of that money went towards Catherine's cause to help make the community a better place. And so I used that money and I sold stuff and it expanded into more money, which I donated. So yeah. Oh, awesome. I can't wait to talk about Catherine's cart and we're going to get that into that in a, in a second here, but it's one thing to do a few fundraisers here and there but something keeps you coming back for more and drives you to keep doing it. What is, where does that drive stem from? I think it's just that it makes me feel good and that I'm accomplishing something and that I'm helping change the world with kindness and that other people appreciate it and that they feel like special too. And so I think that's what I really love about it. What's it feel like to deliver a check or to give supplies to an organization that needs it. Like explain to somebody who hasn't had that gift of being able to provide that to someone before. It just feels absolutely amazing that you're able to provide that and that everyone helped you get there to help provide that. And 
and the people who are getting the money and stuff, I think that they really appreciate that as well. And so, yeah. So between 2014 and 2017, you raised more than $3,000 creating homemade keychains. Tell me about that. So the money actually came from also from Catherine's cause to buy the supplies. So I think I had maybe about like $15 or something. I was like, I can donate this, but if I can buy products, I can make something. So I donated my time and I made stuff and I sold it. And so I got more money and it, that it just made a way bigger donation. And so, yeah. How much time do you think you spent creating these, these keychains? Um, I'm not really sure. I think it took quite a while because I was kind of young. So it was a little bit tricky for me, but, um, it was just fun. So it didn't seem like it took that long. So on top of that, you also led a Christmas campaign for two years to buy gifts for all the residents of local seniors homes. So nobody went without gifts. That is so great. What sparked this? I think it's because I go to play piano at the senior homes and they always find so much joy in that. They're always clapping and sometimes they sing along to Aww. like if you play different songs that they know. And um, I really like that how you like you bring joy to them. And sometimes they don't have visitors or they don't have family that comes see them. And so I said, well, Christmas is a time for giving. And so we can give them something. And so we went around and personally asked people what they wanted for Christmas and we put them on tags and we hang, hung them up on like Christmas trees and like different businesses and people could buy the gifts. And then we hand delivered them and some people were crying and they were hugging because they were just so happy that they got a Christmas gift that year. Oh, my heart right now, listening to you say that. What did that feel like to drop off gifts for people who um, at a time could be a, a really sad season for them, but you're bringing them so much joy in those moments? It just felt so amazing because they are getting so much joy from it and they were hugging you so hard and not letting (laughs) you go because they were just so happy. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Where do you think this amazing sense of empathy or just ability to relate to people at such an early age, like you're 13 now, but this seems to be instilled in you at such an early age. Where do you think this has come from? You know, I'm not really sure, (laughs) but... um, I've always been part of a family that always shares kindness. They're always volunteering and helping everyone. And so I think I got some like (laughs) helping stuff from there, I guess. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's what kind of sparked that. Totally. Family and community. Hey, absolutely. So we're just scratching the surface on your philanthropic journey. Let's talk about Catherine's cart, which we had just chatted about as well. I'd love to hear about the story about how you asked your dad for a $40 loan to kick off this adventure and what it turned into. Hit me with it. So it started, we were in the grocery store and there was like these fun freezies and pop and stuff for sale. And I was like, oh, I I can sell it and like make money. And so it kind of started off selling it on my front lawn with like this like little stand and then it moved on and I had a little my radio flyer wagon <laughs> I transformed it into like a little cart and I pulled it in the Canada Day Parade and sold freezes and stuff and then that upgraded to a different thing that could get pulled and it was on wheels and it was like huge and it could fit like a whole bunch of different like freezers and stuff in it and that was really big and that was way bigger and changed it a lot like it was a big cart it was yeah and then it changed again to the one I have now which is like way bigger it's got a barbecue on it for (laughs) sausage and everything and it's got 
like a whole entire real freezer and yeah and so then it used to be called Catherine's shop because it was kind of smaller but yeah. now it's called Catherine's cart so, like yeah. you have upgraded like three times on this cart like you are putting food trucks to shame almost with this cart it looks so <laughs> cool what is so smart about Catherine's cart that you just chatted about is that you allocate the proceeds to ensure that you are helping others you're sustaining your business and you're still setting some aside for your future tell me about that so for Catherine's cart, I put one third of my proceeds towards my education. And then I put another third of it towards growing Catherine's cart, growing my business. And then I put another third towards Catherine's cause and helping the community. Yeah. So I thought that was a smart way to kind of do things and spread the money. Did you come up with that yourself or does, is somebody coaching you in terms of to come up with this? No, they're all my ideas and my parents just find a way to always try and say yes. Okay, let's take a quick pause from the conversation for a second. Catherine is wise beyond her years, especially when it comes to choosing to invest in her future plans. A lot of investing options requires you to be over the age of 18, but there are options available to you before you get to that point to help you invest or save for your future short-term or long-term savings goals. I have Jennifer Logan, a financial advisor from Arokenville branch on the line to break down these options for you. Take it away, Jen. Thanks, Mason. There are a few great options to choose from to help young people save. The first one I would recommend is our high interest savings account. This would be a good place to start tucking some money aside for any short term goal. You can manually transfer or deposit funds or we can set up an automatic transfer from your checking account. You will collect 0.05% interest on the funds, which is certainly better than 0% if the funds were just sitting in your checking account. Another option is called an easy start term deposit. It is a non-redeemable investment using an automatic transfer to achieve a minimum $5 within the 12-month length of term. You only need an initial deposit of $5. Out of sight, out of mind. You could also invest in a regular term deposit, but you need a minimum of $1,000 and you can invest from anywhere from 1 to 5 years. The interest rates range from 0.25% to 0.85%, depending on how long you lock the funds in for. And lastly, there's a product called a market-linked guaranteed investment, similar to a term deposit, but you have the potential to receive a better rate of return as you're investing in a group of companies. The interest rate is tied to market performance, so you have the chance to earn more than the standard term deposit. These and term deposits are your best bet for a long-term goal. So depending on the length of time you have and the amount of funds you have, all of these products are fantastic options to help you save for your future goals. Thanks, Jen. See, you don't need to be a grown-up to start saving for your future. We're not even at the good part of Catherine's story yet, so let's get back to the interview. You must be learning just such great lessons about money and business along the way. What lessons about money or business have you learned so far? <laughs> so the Conexus ladies here, they always joke how I used to come in when I was like five or six or seven. And they'd always joke how I'd come and I'd be able to write my own checks and my own <laughs> yeah. deposits. And yeah, so I can like count back money, like count it back and I can write checks. I can write deposits. I can make floats mm -hmm. and yeah, so, and like I had hired high school employees, so I had to. You, like, have, you have high school employees? Yeah, for my Catherine's oh, cart. What? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we had to like negotiate like how much I was going to pay them and stuff. So, like, all different things about money I've learned. Oh, you have HR experience on top of this. This is so impressive. <laughs> and on top of that, some soft skills as well. Like, you're, you're, 
earlier you said that instead of just taking the money and saying, okay, I'm going to take this, you're like, I could invest this in something and make something even bigger, which is super cool as well. Let's talk about something that I know that people listening are, they're just going to be so blown away with about your story. And that's the work you've done to raise uh, fundraise for the neonatal intensive care unit in Regina in order to save babies' lives. So I don't want to spoil anything and I want to give you the opportunity to tell how much you've raised. But first, let's do a little bit of a backstory on it. Uh, Tell me why the Regina NICU. Is there a personal connection to this cause or what's driving you to uh, fundraise for them? There's not a personal um, connection with me. Um, Actually, like now, though, there's like been like relatives or like close family friends who have been part of like the NICU. Um, but I actually heard about the NICU on the radio and I was like, mom, what's that? And she's like, that's where babies go if they're born too early or if they're sick. And I was like, well, I want to help them. And so we did keychains for the first three years and now we're on to the fourth auction. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and we're going to talk about that as well. That's cool that you've been fundraising for this, this very worthy service, um, and charity. And now there's times where your connections have needed to use that service. You've almost been like a pioneer to help them out. Um, So you've just wrapped up this fourth year of this online auction that you just mentioned. Tell me about the first one, why you went with an online auction and how it worked. So I did an online auction because I had first done an online auction for the Calling Lakes Eco Museum here in Fort Capelle and the library. Um, because they had lost their funding, the library had, and then the Calling Lakes Eagle Museum is like dedicated to helping clean up all the water bodies. I thought that was really special. So I was like, and some people when I was had Catherine's card, I had like these huge canopies and people like if they went to other things, they're like, can we borrow them? And instead of paying me, they traded me like their items that they sold and stuff like mm. their crafts work and stuff. Right. And so then when this came up about the library funding and the eco museum, I was like, well, we have all these items and my mom had done these other auctions and I was like, well, that's a really cool way to do stuff. So I took these items that I had and I put together a whole entire like auction and it was really successful. And so then I did another one for the NICU and it blew my mind how much money we raised and it's just gotten bigger from there. So what kind of items are we talking about here? So you've got all different kinds of items. There's like stuff for everybody. And as it's gotten bigger each year, there's more items too. So there's like any kinds of things that you could ever dream about. Sports memorabilia, restaurant gift certificates, like and like crafts stuff and like experiences like you can go like to golfing and stuff and like all different sorts of things very cool and each year you've grown the amount you've raised so tell me how much money you raised um in the first year tell me the the amount on the first year and then how that grew in year two and three so in the very first year i raised fifteen thousand one hundred and seventy five dollars wow the second year i raised twenty three thousand one hundred and fifty six then the third year, I raised 31111 And then this year, I raised 51489 oh, which was incredible. My gosh. That is crazy. Like, it's if you would have said your first year, I raised this amount of money, I've been like, good for you. But you continue to keep doing it and you keep leveling up the experience, which is really cool. You're evolving it as you go. So tell me about 2020. You went in this past year's... Um, fundraiser with a goal of topping last year, but I'm sure the pandemic didn't make things easy. How did that impact things and how did you adjust? 
So I wasn't really sure if I was going to do an auction, actually, because I was like, oh, people might think I'm like irresponsible for doing it during COVID or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like postponed it. But then I was like, well, there's still babies getting born and there's still babies that need help. And so I am going to try and find a way that I can help them again this year. And so I put out a post on Facebook and on Instagram, and like all my like social media. And people were like, yes, yes, we want to help. And so actually it was really like a huge response and people were like i think it's because like covid and there's not many fundraisers that were going on and so people still wanted to help and i had a fundraiser there and so they're like yes we mm. are going to help totally yeah it, people kind of felt helpless during the pandemic and this gave them something to contribute towards yes so tell me again how much this year this number? year was fifty one thousand four hundred eighty nine. you broke the 50k mark how thrilling is that even as you're saying that number you are you are so proud you can tell yeah it was just crazy because during the auction we like sometimes do like a little tally or whatever um we didn't do it this year but then at the end of the auction we were tallying it all up and i was like whoa is that like even <laughs> yeah. real like did like the calculator malfunction or yeah, something totally. but it was real and i was like wow i just couldn't believe it it was just so amazing i was just so proud oh and if my math is correct carry the two uh you're 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 over $120,000 over 4 years for the fundraiser that is so amazing how does that feel it's just amazing and like that's just for those the auctions mm -hmm. and but with like the all the money I've donated to the NICU it's almost just almost to like 125,000 so oh. it's just absolutely incredible it just makes me feel so proud and so proud of everybody and that's like helped. It's just absolutely incredible how it's all come together and people just want to like be part of something special. And I like had my auction and they're like, this we're part of something special. And whether they're donating or bidding or sharing it all, they're just part of something. And I think that's also what made it a really great experience. Oh, absolutely. So what kind of effort goes into posting, selling, delivering? I think it was over 800 different items in this past auction alone. Is that correct? Almost over 850. Over, or 850. over 850. Over 850. Yeah. So what, oh, tell me about the effort in, in order to make this possible. So sometimes like the items, like usually I like send out my like write up like letter and send it to different businesses, like post it on all my social media. People sometimes mail their items to me or I have like drop off spots in Regina, which people volunteer parts of their businesses to collect the items, which is really amazing. I'm so grateful to them. And so we collect those items too. And our basement usually gets jam-packed. Oh, and we got this big baker's shelf. So the items get stacked to the roof and they're all over like the floor and everything. Yeah, But so... Yeah, and then people bid on it, and then we, at the end of the auction, we have all their names, and we contact everybody, and yeah, and then we have to get their items, and name them, and some, they, there's also businesses in Regina that they, we drop off, like, the items that people have, like, won, mm -hmm. and they allow people to come pick them up from their businesses, which is really incredible, too, so. That's like over 850 items, just think about the work alone to do the write-up and post it, to find out who the winner is, to set it aside, to drop it off with them, mail it to them, set it off at a business, hours upon work. It yeah. is. Oh. It's quite a lot of work, but it's very fun. I have to work extra hard on my school so that I can take off the part. And I'm homeschooled, so, and my teachers are really supportive of it, so I'm right. super grateful to them. And 
Yeah. Oh, awesome. Like, it's funny how you are saying I have to work hard so that I can do things like this. For me, it was like, I got to work hard so that I could have an extra hour to watch video game or watch TV and play video games. Like you are hacking the system. I'm just so like, I am proud to be in your presence right now. I am learning so (laughs) much from you. So um, each year you go on Z99 during the Radiothon to be interviewed and you reveal the amount you raised. Tell me what that experience is like. It's just thrilling, really. Yeah. It's really amazing to talk to all of them and like all the radio people. And yeah, they're super friendly and I like they're like my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really that nervous because I know them, but yeah. it's super awesome to be there and to announce my grand total and to talk about it. And so Yeah. I watched a video of you doing your last one and you could just tell everybody in the room, you guys were physically distanced, but it was just such a warm, inviting presence. And you did such a good job on there as well. Thank you. So your eight-year-old sister even got in on the action help fundraise. So what does it mean that you're inspiring your family at 13 years old to spread kindness around, uh, around the world as well? It's really, really heartwarming, I guess. It's really nice that she also wants to help people. And she did keychains too, like I did. Oh, she's in and your footsteps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some people also, like other people, like on social media, have messaged me and they're like, you have inspired me and we're doing fundraisers for these other businesses that we know. And mm. it's just super amazing to hear that they want to also share kindness it's kind of like a when you drop a stone into like a pond or a pool or something and it starts with like one stone but then it ripples across yes and i'm guessing that's what you mean by your motto about changing the world with kindness tell me about about that and why that is an important motto for you because change the world with kindness you can do one thing in kindness for someone and they are so like they're so happy they did that and then they share more kindness and the people that they shared kindness to they share more kindness and like you're talking about like a ripple effect and soon everyone is sharing kindness and it makes the world a better place oh it's so true so you are developing quite the name for yourself so you were recognized i'm about to list off an entire laundry list of your (laughs) accolades i hope you're get comfortable so you were recognized at the cbc future 40 ceremony at just seven years old as well as the Chamber of Commerce Excellence Award you were awarded with. Then at eight years old, you were introduced as um, the Outstanding Young Philanthropist Award winner. The Hospitals of Regina Foundation introduced you as their first ever pediatrics ambassador. Got to take a breath. I'm not even halfway through yet. And you've been recognized publicly by Paul Brandt, the Saskatchewan Legislature, and even CTV. Plus, I hear you are now a finalist for a Paragon Award and a recent nomination for one of the most internationally recognized Lions Club Awards. What's it feel like to receive that type of well-earned recognition? It, like, there's not even a word for it. It just feels incredible because that you're recognized for doing that. And it's just amazing that everyone is there to help and to support you. And it's just absolutely incredible how um, helpful everybody is and how much they want to help people and spread kindness. Your resume is going to be like, I pity anybody who has to go up against you in scholarship applications (laughs) or anything. And the best part is you are clearly not even doing this for the recognitions. You are doing this to truly and authentically spread kindness. Yes. Philanthropy is a lot of work. You're telling me about how busy you are outside of this as well. But outside of Catherine's causes, what kind of things do you have to give up? Um, in order to make this work, in order to spread kindness for others. So one of the things I had said was school, I have to work extra hard in the months before my auction so that I have 
enough time that I can do my auction without falling like far behind in school and I am homeschooled and my teachers are super supportive of it they even like bid on stuff and like donate stuff to the auction which is really incredible so that's one of the things I have to give up and sometimes like the schedule has to be shifted and stuff and sometimes you have to stay up a little bit later like last like this year because we had so many items but it's really fun so it doesn't really seem like you're giving up too much stuff awesome have you always been homeschooled um yes i have been homeschooled for all my life except for in grade two and four. Oh, gotcha so what's the difference like for you to go from high homeschool to to like public school i like homeschool because i can like work at my own pace and i can do different stuff and i have like my own schedule kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah, you can make room for as much philanthropy as you want that's awesome and it's great to hear that your teachers are, are super supportive of you as well so, so what does it mean to you to have such a supportive family and a province that is, is so giving, like your teachers, your family, the network of people that buy, that, um, buy these gifts from um, your auctions and everyone? What, what's it like to have a province um, and a supportive family behind you that has your back? So my family, they're so supportive and they're always helping out. And my sister and brother are always finding ways to help. And my mom and dad are super supportive and they're so helpful to me. And the province is also really helpful. And it's not just the province, especially for my auction. I've had like items shipped all over Canada, even into the States and some in Europe too. So really Europe. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So absolutely. So Catherine's cause has gone international. (laughs) I guess you could say that. Yeah. That's awesome. And I read too, it was like, um, Nova Scotia and Northwest territories were getting in on the action as well. What, where do the, the prizes come from? Do they come from just like for Capel outside of Regina? Is there people all across the world getting into those as well, donating gifts? Yeah, usually all over Canada, we have stuff coming in from all different places. We have all different kinds of donations and just people like from all over, they're like, yes, we want to support this. We want to help. So are you doing a call for items or people just hearing about it and saying we want to get involved too? So I do like a letter of asking people if they would like to donate to the auction. And I post on my social media and people share it onto their social media. And it just keeps getting shared and shared and the word gets spread. And lots of people are like, we're going to help. And so then they contact me and that's kind of how it works. Oh, so give some advice. I want to hear some advice from you. People who are afraid to ask for help. What what advice would you give them to get out there and to, to ask others for help, especially to do good? So I guess if you're asking for help, you might be afraid that people are going to say no, but you're not going to find out if you don't ask for help. So you just (laughs) got to ask for help. So true. Oh, I love that your outlook on things. It's just so matter of fact, but it's so (laughs) like people get into our heads so much, be like, well, what are they going to think about me if I say this? But it's like, you're so right. If you don't ask, people don't have the opportunity to say yes. Yes. So it's still very early. Like I said, you're only 13. But what do you think your future looks like? I am so interested with all of the business knowledge and and the authentic kindness, what that looks like for you after school. What does that look like? Uh, well, I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. um, probably after school, I'm going to go back to school. Currently, probably going to change my mind again like I have for all the years. <laughs> yeah. But um, currently, I want to study brains and how they work and like help figure out like brain diseases and stuff like oh, that. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was probably going to change, yeah. but who knows? Yeah, we'll check back with you in a couple of years yeah. to see where we're at. Um, brains, hey? 
Yes. You just want to understand how people tick or what's sparking that? Well, kind of. I want to like figure out like if someone like gets like paralyzed or something, like how you can like figure out the brain or like the nerves in the brain, different mm. stuff like that. Like Alzheimer's, all, all sorts of diseases. All different kinds of things. Oh, that's so interesting. So you've raised over $150,000 for people in need and you're only 13 years old. What's next for Catherine's Causes and for you? Well, I am not really sure. Again, um, I do want to keep Catherine's Cause going for as long as I can. And I know that wherever I go, I'm going to still have kindness and I'll try and help people as much as I can still, even if I don't have Catherine's Cause. And I'll still try and spread kindness as much as I can. Oh, awesome. One last question for you before we get into some fun questions. And I just keep picking your, your head for some advice here. What advice would you have for people in terms of spreading kindness? Like what should step one be to kind of get out of our own heads and out of our own worlds and to focus on others and spreading kindness? So kindness doesn't just have to be big fundraisers or you don't have to be rich and give lots of money or anything. It can be, kindness can just be giving a smile, holding open the door, picking up litter. Any kinds of little things is still kindness and together they just make like one big thing. Oh, so true. So. We're going to move into some speed round questions that um, are going to be fun that I prepared to get to know you on a different level. Are you ready for these ones? Okay. <laughs> you seem scared. Don't be nervous. Uh, first question. What's your top Netflix recommendation? I don't know. I'm not much of a TV person. No? I prefer reading. Okay. So give me a book recommendation. Um, I like The Hunger Games. Yeah. I love all like historical fiction. Right. Um, like books about World War II. I like those kind of books. Okay. Um, hmm, what else? I like Harry Potter books. Yeah. Standard um, classic, definitely. Yeah. Um. What other books? I'm Have you you've think. seen the movies for Harry Potter and the Hunger Games? No. Really? Oh well, I make my own like characters and stuff in my head. Yeah. And sometimes movies are like a bit different, and they don't tell the story the same. Then it kind of ruins the. There book is for nothing me. more <laughs> aggravating when the the lead character comes on. And we're like, that is not what they look like. Yeah. Oh, good. Good call. Uh, next question. What's your favorite song right now? I like just usually to listen to the radio, but probably one song that I could listen to is This Is Me from Greatest Showman. Okay, yep. Yeah, yes. I really love that song. That entire album is, is, is a yeah. banger. Like, I don't love the plot line, but I love the music. It's impossible yes. to hate the movie because of the music. Um, next question, favorite junk food? Oh, that's a hard one. I think I like white chocolate the best just white chocolate in general yeah. like are we talking like cookies and cream bars or just mm, like yeah, a bar I like cookies and cream bar oh so good yeah what is something that you learned about yourself during the pandemic mm, i think that i learned that i can speed read really fast you can, <laughs> <laughs> like you can read words really fast yeah really i can read like a whole book in like two hours how like a whole chapter book? I don't know, but it just stays in my head. And it's not like I like randomly like read like a couple words and it's just like gone. It stays in my head. Okay, we're, we are doing comprehension lessons after this because it feels <laughs> like if I am reading a book, I get like midway through a page and my mind kind of spaces out. And then I'm like, I'm three pages down, but I have no idea what I just read. <laughs> so you're going to have to teach me your ways. I make mind movies, I guess. Like when I read the books... Not really like I'm reading the words. It's like it's a movie in my head. Mind movies. That's what I call them. <laughs> that's that's that is a hack right there. The number one reason you are looking forward to being an adult. I don't know. I think I want to drive. You want to drive? Yeah. yeah. 
Fun fact, I took my driver's tests here in Fort Capel and it took me three times to get my license. Oh. So hopefully you have better you have better <laughs> luck than I did. Number one reason you are not looking forward to being an adult. Mm, I don't know. Paying bills, I guess. <laughs> yeah, th- those suck. <laughs> um, next question. Number one family vacation. Um, I like Goodspear Lake. Yeah, like, yeah. like the sandbar. Yeah, it's yeah. really pretty there. Yeah, do you guys go camping there lots? Yeah, we just came back from camping there in June. Oh, awesome. Um, okay, last question for you. What connects us? Love, mm-hmm. I guess. That's what, I guess, connects us is like love and kindness and that kind of stuff. So. 1,000%. I couldn't agree more. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. You are such an inspiration. I feel like I am going to take off my headphones after this and go do good somewhere. It, like you said, it doesn't necessarily need to be a $10,000 check to someone be holding the door and the options are kind of endless now that COVID-19 is, is, well, the restrictions are done here in Saskatchewan. So it gives us a little bit more opportunity to have some fun. Yes. Thank you so much for having me here. Had a great time. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's it for our chat with Catherine and this episode of the What Connects Us podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with the finale of the season. Can you believe it? We're chatting with Caleb Dahlgren, a survivor from the Humboldt bus crash, and you don't want to miss this one, trust me. Until then, if you like the podcast, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe or follow button and tell a friend about the podcast. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, I'm off to pay some kindness forward. I challenge you to do the same. Take care, everyone.